Welcome to the Ambitious Coach Podcast. This is a place where driven, determined coaches learn how to get off the business growth struggle bus and learn how to build a wildly profitable online coaching business. I'm your host, Allison Henderson, corporate dropout to six-figure social media business coach. I'm going to show you how I've been able to create the business of my dreams organically all through utilizing my social media platforms. So pull up a seat, take some notes, and get ready to see your life in bank account transform. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast, everyone. You're going to love this episode, especially if you are a travel junkie like me. My guest today is Susie Martin. She is a full-time digital nomad. I started following her Facebook group, Location Independent Biz Babes, over six years ago. I still can't believe it. Because of Susie and her group, I decided to take a life coaching certification program. She was the one who posted it inside of her group. And guess what? I looked it up, signed up, and the rest is history. So in this episode, she talks about quitting her job to travel, hiring her husband in her business, how she manages to work and travel, and so much more. So more on who is Susie Martin. She is a mindset coach, business mentor, and breath work facilitator. She quit her job in 2017 to travel the world full-time as a digital nomad. She said goodbye to the hustle culture, and as a true freedom junkie, she helps women create businesses that provide more revenue and a feel-good way to make a difference while creating a good quality of life. Susie is awesome. I really can't wait for you to listen to this episode. So thank you all for listening, and I'll see you again next week. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a very special guest today. Her name is Susie Martin. She has been on my radar for the last five plus years. Because Susie, I actually got into coaching. She was one of the first people that I started following. I joined her Facebook groups that she still has, and it has like nearly 15,000 women in this. It's called Location Independent Biz Babes. She's going to tell you more about this in a second, but I love Susie. Uh, Once again, I've been following her forever, and she's just one of those people for me where I'm like, if you want to learn more about coaching, learning more about business, she is one of the OGs. And yeah, so Susie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. You're so sweet. I feel like... I feel like when coaches are in the coaching space for a couple of years, like it it, it has this circle of of dinosaurs that are like <laughs> it feels like we've been doing this forever. And it's this this generation of of people who really love coaching and for the sake of it, whatever's gonna happen in the industry and with trends and with things falling apart, they will always like I will always be coaching in some form. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like that's just who we are. So I'd love for you to tell, tell who are you? What are you all about? <laughs> oh my God. That's such a big question. Such a loaded question. <laughs> it's a loaded question. So I started my coaching business seven years ago because I I didn't want to work nine to five anymore. I mean, classic story, but yeah, I, I had already moved. I'm originally from Germany. Uh, on my 30th birthday, I had a bit of a midlife crisis. I was like, this is not it. I want to travel the world forever. And everyone was like, yeah, that sounds interesting. <laughs> so I quit my job in Germany and went with a backpack on a solo around the world trip. And then I got a job in Australia. That was pretty cool, actually. I was like, okay, this is better, like better lifestyle. I lived in Sydney. You leave the office, go to the beach. It was kind of, kind of vibey, but it was still not it was still a job. So even though it was cooler and I I had a happier life than in Germany, I still felt like, "Ah, 
but now I can't travel again. Now I live in Australia. I was like, oh. So I started my own coaching business on the side. Honestly, didn't think too much of it. I was like really excited about learning something, did a coaching certification, completely nerded out on it. I was like, oh my God, this is really cool. And then, yeah, relatively quickly, actually, and then quit my job in Sydney. I asked my boyfriend at that time, it's like, hey, I want to continue my travels. Do you also want to quit your job and travel with me? He said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we are That's married a solid now. guy right there. Again. Yeah. He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, it was really um, easy. Like, it, you know, like I wouldn't have said yes that easily, I think. But he's very easygoing. We're married now and we've been traveling the world since more than five years now and everybody is still like uh are you settling down somewhere at some point and I'm like I I don't know I don't think anytime soon so yeah we are doing the full digital nomad thing we have no home I work from my laptop and and I really enjoy living in different places and different countries and just taking my work with me wherever I go and I think that's the dream. A lot of people just want to be able to do what they want when they want and be able to travel. And I love it. Like, that's a, a huge reason why I joined your group, because back five plus years ago, when I was looking to get out of my corporate job, I was like, I really want to travel. Like, that was always a big part of my heart. And if I, all my podcast listeners know that I talk about my like my traveling experiences um, from a very young age. And I just always knew I was so different. And I'm like, is everybody liking this nine to five corporate thing? Like this can't be how life is. And it's really similar to your story of being like, yeah, I might be traveling or I might be in a different country, but I'm still in a job and I don't want to be in a job, you know? So yeah. So tell me though, like what inspired you to create that Facebook group now, like I said, has like nearly 15,000 women in it. Look, it's old. So I feel like Facebook groups were a bigger thing a couple of years ago. I feel like currently there are so many. Like I'm in so many Facebook groups. I can't even like give you, I don't have yeah, a right. It's a bit overwhelming. Um, but honestly, it, it was to bring like-minded people together, to bring, there are many entrepreneurial Facebook groups, but I wanted one for people who wanted this unconventional life of literally not having a fixed home or a fixed country or you know I'm always struggling when someone asks me just for a quick chat where are you from I'm like oh that's a long question like I was born in Germany I'm now Australian but I also don't live in Australia I'm currently in Sweden but next month I'm going to be in Botswana so there's kind of <laughs> answer to this question and and I was literally craving community of of people who get that because in my environment that was not the case everybody in my environment was like okay I get this travel thing but like for how long are you gonna do that I'm like I don't know I'm I don't know I'm not done I'm now 40 I'm still not done <laughs> right it just I don't the travel bug once it kind of bites you like and you and plus you've gotten used to the lifestyle right so it's it's just your norm I think that's great and I'd love for you to kind of touch on though how do you have the coaching business and also want to travel still like want to be like okay well today I don't want to coach I don't want to be doing businessy things I just want to go see the Taj Mahal or whatever you know what I mean like how do you do that how do you like I guess put them into two separate categories or is that even a thing I don't even think that works like that for me like it's yeah. just my life like I feel like that's how I built the business in the first place and that's why I love business so much mm -hmm. like there is no one telling you you have to start working at this time and you have to stop working at this time when I fly somewhere on a Wednesday I'm not 
taking calls on a Wednesday or I, I work very little just from my phone a bit. So I, somehow at the airport, I have always the best ideas and I'm a lot on my phone. And but that's so weird you say that. Same here. I'm always like, yeah. great idea. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Airports are inspiring. It's like we have the whole day off because we planned it as a travel day and I get super inspired when, when it's a travel day. So that happens. Um, but also, I mean, the beauty of having your own coaching business is that you are the boss. You don't have to ask anyone permission for what days you open your calendar. And I've also always designed my business in a way that it doesn't require a ton of hours. I'm not a hustler. I'm not a, I don't know, quit your nine to five so you can work nine to, you know, midnight. 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, so yeah, that was always very important for me to to stay flexible. I have, you know, I have one or two call days per week. So on the other days we can travel. So I, I like to batch call days. Currently I have calls on Wednesday and Thursday. And Friday is free or is is you know not free from work, but it's at least like I design my days the way I want. I call those CEO days where I can literally do whatever yeah. I want because it's my day. It's my business, yep. my life. <laughs> I love that. Um, so I know that you kind of touched on like, like designing your business the way you want it to. And you kind of ditched that whole hustler mentality of like, I have to maybe hit these big, huge numbers. I, I said, I, I know that some of your content has been reflecting on that lately of being like, I don't need to be charging $100,000 a month or something like, you know what I mean? To be making the money that I want to be making. I'd love for you to kind of touch on that a little bit. Like why, why has your view changed a bit over the years? So I feel like when you enter the online coaching space, there is almost a little bit like a pyramid of when you're new to the coaching space, you're allowed to charge this much, says who. But but then you hire a coach that you pay more. And then once you've hired that coach, they hire a coach that they pay more. And it's almost like this: the the, the more you pay, the more you can charge your clients. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that. <laughs> like, it is not that linear. And I, I did raise my prices for a long time because I got more experience. I had more people who wanted to work with me. So I basically couldn't keep up anymore with, with, with the, you know, with the rates I started with. But then it gets to a point where I didn't want to hire a coach anymore for $60,000 or whatever crazy amount is, is happening once you kind of have a six-figure business and you're you're thinking about scaling to seven figures. There's all kind of offers out there where it's, you know, online courses for $3,333 or $11,111. And I got to really question for myself, is this really what I want to do with $50,000? And I think that's a question, even if you're listening now and you're like, $50,000, my God, uh, it, it, the amount doesn't matter. It's like $5,000 for the coach. Is this really what you want to do? Very often it's yes, I've invested big money in 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 coaching and mentoring. But currently, if you'd give me hundred thousand dollars, I wouldn't invest it in coaching. I would spend it on something else. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is then something that that I also brought into my pricing to really question, okay, does it always have to be higher, 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 higher? And where does this lead to when you're in the coaching space for six, seven? five plus years like is it really that you're just always doubling your prices until when <laughs> and um yeah it's it's about feeling finding a level that feels good for you even if that means it's not following this classic messaging of 
the longer you coach, the more you have to charge, the more your clients have to pay. And we just always go for more, 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 more. And that's that's a bit of a big thing I questioned. It's like, well, why? And where where is the limit to that? Mm. Yeah. Is it really the goal that we then charge $10,000 and then we charge $20,000 and then we charge $30,000 and then 10 years from now, what? I'm charging... Like, where, where does this lead to? Where does to? it end? Yeah. And I do think many businesses are like that because the coach actually doesn't enjoy coaching. So, you know, a lot of bigger coaching businesses turn into course businesses and mastermind businesses or membership businesses. But I really love coaching. So I don't want to just have my prices so high that only four people on the whole planet want to pay me that. I'm, I'm happy to keep working with clients. I, I I started coaching because of my love for coaching. So this classic business model that you start with coaching and then you do everything in group coaching and then you do everything in self-study courses and you basically just lie with your pina colada at the pool and don't ever talk to anyone. I just didn't like that for myself. Mm. I, I do think that that's kind of how the coaching industry paints that picture though, of being like, you get to this point and then yeah, you're up pina coladas on the beach. You don't have to do anything anymore. Right. But like, yeah, you and me, it's like, I still take a ton of one-on-one clients. That's my primary business model still, because I just love getting so deep with people, not just in their business, but like in their life. Like how can we actually make your life better in addition to building this business to whatever they want it to be? Um, so I love that. So I'd love though to, for you, like if somebody is right now being like, Susie, I hear you. I want simplicity. I want to make, I still want to make a lot of money. Like how do they tap into that next level? I did air quotes here. Next level, like next level, in, in next quotes. level themselves. You know what I mean? Like how do they tap into that, that version of themselves? So one of my core programs and frameworks that I've used on myself is called Six Mindset. Because I noticed whilst hiring all those coaches and starting to work with mentors that they were thinking different about things than I was. They were thinking differently about doing things perfect. They were thinking differently about selling. They were thinking differently about large amounts of money. And that's when I realized, okay, there's an interesting gap here. Uh, How come that people who have a six-figure or seven-figure business think about these things in a certain way? And here I am still very worried and like, literally not trying bold moves because I was scared I wouldn't get a return of my investment and overthinking a lot and really like planning a lot and then freaking out when the plan doesn't work. (laughs) I think everyone listening to this is like, oh my God, you just explained my life. (laughs) (laughs) And then I realized that the people I, I worked with as in mentorship had different beliefs around those things, different attitudes. They showed up differently in those things. They were just brushing off things faster than I was. They were just making decisions faster than I was. And I found that actually very empowering. I think you can also take that in a very discouraging way if you if you take this more like, oh, they're doing everything right and I'm doing everything wrong. But I, I jumped into this with a lot of curiosity and with a lot of questions like, huh, interesting. How come that most people who run a really established and successful online business 
are not that worried about money or are not that worried about what one particular person says. If they say yes or if they say no, what do they believe that they're not crying their eyes out when someone says no? And what do I believe that I take things very, very personal when someone says they don't like my offer or they think it's too expensive or whatever? And I learned a lot from that to really looking at, okay, if I would already be a successful, happy, established six-figure business owner, how would I then go about the situation? How would I then go about overthinking my content? How would I then go about how much charge? How would I go about someone saying no to me? How would I go about all the things, basically? I run I run everything in business through this filter of, now that I'm a happy and successful six-figure business owner, how do I run my company? What do I work on? What do I not spend time on? What do I waste time on? Mm-hmm. And that's how I found all the answers from myself, actually. Nobody had to tell me. It was like, okay, now that I am a six-figure owner, how do I do it? So for that person that's like really overthinking right now and is like, I'm so scared to make these big, bold moves or like just investing overall, because I know when I first started, I was so scared to invest in that first coach or just even a course that was over a thousand dollars. Like I was like, Ugh. but I know investing is a huge part of why I'm successful. And same with you, right? Like we need yep. that coaching. We need to learn more things and just embody more of who we want to be. So that person though, like that's like, I'm really overthinking this. Like I'm scared to make the big, bold moves. Like what would be something you'd say to her right now? Do the same thing. How would a successful business owner, what they think about investing? Mm. So what, what I now think about investing is, okay, I want to consider my worst case scenario and my best case scenario. My worst case scenario is my money is gone. I get no value out of it. I learn nothing and everything is completely a waste of money. That's the worst case scenario if you invest in something. The best case scenario is obviously limitless yeah the best case scenario is you learn so much you change you establish a whole new lifestyle business and you make millions of dollars that's the best case scenario now the realistic scenario is probably somewhere in between (laughs) probably in between it's completely it's going to be completely pointless and i'm going to lose every dollar and get nothing back and i'm going to become a millionaire so how do we how do we evaluate those risks without being completely emotionally attached and overthinking it and that's i think when you slowly but surely learn to make smart investments Mm -hmm. i also do think not every investment is smart for every person so i i don't mind thinking about this yeah i know there are coaches that are like you have to work with me and you have to go to credit and otherwise you will never be successful like alert alert is that really true um so i don't mind when we you know think we don't have to overthink but i don't mind to to make smart the investments but in general i had to completely change my mindset around risking money mm-hmm. i i also didn't have an entrepreneurial mindset when i started my business and i remember my first uh, free um, consultation with a coach and it was like a free session i enjoyed the free session and at the end she said well if you want to work with me i can tell you about my packages and i was like yeah tell me all about it i was really excited and she was like it's two thousand dollars and i was like not even listening anymore i was like i'm not ever gonna spend two thousand dollars on a service what ridiculous and i was off and i was like yeah okay i'm not gonna spend two thousand dollars so i started i kept doing those free coaching sessions i was like doing 
sessions coach and I was like, oh, maybe I can just, you know, get my whole life fixed by always doing one free coaching session with a person and uh, never hiring anyone. I noticed, though, whilst I was doing that, that actually most offers I got at the end of the free coaching session were much more than $2,000. It was like $5,000 to work with me, $6,000 to work with me. I was like, oh, maybe the $2,000 girl was actually relatively affordable, if we're honest. So it just changed my perception of what is actually charged in the industry. I knew nothing about this. Yeah, When I had the first conversation, I was like, $2,000, really? But then three months had passed at that point. I was still trying to start my business. I was like, okay, well, three months, which I made zero dollars in, maybe it is actually not the worst idea to hire someone for $2,000 or for $5,000 if it would actually speed up how fast I'm going to have success in my own business and actually get a return of my investment. So that got me thinking. (laughs) And um, another very smart thing that this $2,000 coach did is she kept in touch with me. She kept providing value to me. She didn't say, okay, you said no, so you're out of my life. I'm never going to talk to me again. She kept being in touch and was like, so how are you going? Did you start your business? And did you make any progress? And I was like, to be honest, I did not. (laughs) So in the end, I actually hired this person because she was the first person I ever spoke to, the first person that ever helped me. And my mindset shifted completely in just three months from... $2,000. I'm never going to invest that to, okay, this is scary, but I feel like this makes sense. (laughs) And it was wonderful. I invested the $2,000 and I think I made it back in two weeks. And that's so funny. Like, yeah. yeah. And then, and then, and then you have all the things you walk away with from, you know, I had a business structure. I, I learned how to market myself. I learned how to run sales conversations. So in the end, I made so much more than just my investment back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so many women are so afraid because, oh, what if I don't get my ROI? And you're like, well, I made it back in like literally two weeks. Like, that's amazing. That's amazing. But it can, I always tell people, I'm like, it can happen so fast, but like, you probably um, sometimes just have that investing block where it's like the minute that you just decide to like release that energy, you just open yourself up to receiving so much more. So I'd love for you to talk about energy a bit. Like you have such great energy and you probably hear that often, right? Like you're just full of like, I don't know, like rainbows and all the things. Like, I don't know. Yeah, we do that thing. We do this. Like we're like moving our head and like kind of dancing all the time. Like I do this too. And I love for you to just like when someone says, yeah, you have such great energy. Like, where do you think that comes from? I think energy is everything. I think we feel attracted to people that are on the same, I don't know, energy level. Like I'm I'm very, you, you can't see me now, but I talk with my hands and I tend to talk very fast when I'm excited and it's like, and there are totally people that cannot vibe with that. They're like, this is too much for me. I'm more a calm person. <laughs> but there are also people who are like, ah, oh, this is just my kind of person. I like, this, I like the speed. I like the energy. I like how she talks about things. I like how she simplifies things. And in the end, there are so many coaches you can hire and that goes for every industry you will always feel drawn to the person because of their energy if it's an industry where several people sell you the same thing which is in almost every industry but when it comes to hiring a mindset coach or hiring a life coach or hiring a business coach I mean yes there are some principles like what do they offer how does their package look like but I feel like in the end we we make our decision on energy 
So the question becomes, how can you share your energy? Mm-hmm. And I'm not that great with writing. I feel like you you get to know me best when you hear me speak. So I like talking on podcasts or doing a live stream or, I don't know, like having a conversation with someone and recording the conversation so other people can kind of listen in. And that is just, for me, much easier to share my energy than writing. Like, how do you write with all the unicorn and sparkle energy (laughs) and get that across? Yeah, I would say that that's usually the key factor in growing a really successful like influencer type coaching business is like your energy, like sharing who you are, being authentic. So I know a lot of new coaches are so afraid to be themselves, realistically, be their weird self and even just embracing that piece of them. Like, how do you get that out of people being like, it's okay to be weird. It's okay to just be yourself. I think you should just try it. <laughs> I know, I know it's just really, you know, people tell you just be yourself, be authentic. And it's like, yeah, what does it even mean? <laughs> like, yeah. What it means for me is, you know, not hiding stuff. Like I remember I went to this unicorn cafe in, in Vietnam and it was like, you get a unicorn onesie and then you buy a unicorn cake and there's like, Wait, is this real? Unicorn- it's like, a, it's actually called the unicorn cafe. Like it's a the unicorn cafe <laughs> in Hanoi in Vietnam. I highly recommend it if you are not a grown up at heart. <laughs> I had so much fun, you know. But the the truth is, it is a bit daunting to share a photo of that, for example, instead of your professional business photo that you did with a professional photographer. But whenever I do, I get so much more feedback. I get so much more people that are like, "Oh, this is so." funny I would totally go there where is it oh my god you're so my type of person and those kind of things and it's just so much easier to connect with someone when when we are just ourselves whereas when we try to be this professional coach has professional image and is an authority I mean if that comes natural to you and you're just a natural you walk down the road as an authority and you walk down the road as a leader then that is you being authentic but I'm just more a you know not classic 40 year old woman (laughs) living a rather unconventional lifestyle and that's okay and that is what attracts people to me Mm-hmm. So, and you don't need to be that. Yeah. And then other people are like, well, I don't have this fancy laptop lifestyle life. That's also fine. If you're a very grounded, calm, introverted person, your ideal client will feel drawn exactly to that. They don't need you to be like super excited and super loud and super outgoing. You, you can just share your grounded and centered and calm and introverted energy. How did your parents and your friends and family take that? Because I know judgment, ju- fear of judgment from others. Like when you decide to go down like mm. a, a totally unconventional lifestyle, like how did you handle that? A lot of people will have a lot of opinions about how you live your life, which is quite fascinating. It's like, why can't they can't they worry about their own life? Yeah. <laughs> it's, I feel like I was only surrounded by people that were like, what do you mean you quit your safe job? A safe job is the, like, what if you never get a job again? <laughs> it's like, okay, okay. What if I never get a job again? Oh, gosh. <laughs> but but it, it's a bit of being aware of your surroundings. So I feel like as soon as I did leave my job to travel with a backpack, even just for a couple of months, you know, everybody thought, yeah, she's going to go do this travel bug for a year and then she'll come back broke and she'll be 
begging to get her old job back. <laughs> and if we're very kind, we'll take her. Uh, as soon as I was on the road, I knew I'm not going back. As soon as I was on the road, I met different people. Like when I was still living in Germany, I was not surrounded by location-independent entrepreneurs, by travel bloggers, by people who live an unconventional life. As soon as I was in you know, South Africa, I suddenly met people all the time that moved country, that quit their job, that ended their career and became a yoga teacher, that did all kind of crazy unconventional things. And that's when I realized, huh, interesting. It clearly was just my little bubble of influence that thought I'm completely crazy and normal life is what everybody does. And that is important to realize. So who are you surrounded by? How do they live their life? What do they value? And if you're surrounded by a lot of people who value security as their highest value, of course, they don't understand how someone would want to leave corporate where you get the same amount paid at the end of the month into something where you don't know if you get paid at all. <laughs> so it's understanding values of other people and then understanding your own values. And then some things you just don't ask the people that have other values because you understand already how the conversation would go. So if I ask myself, if I should invest into a $10,000 business coach, yes or no, I am not going to consult my mother on this. <laughs> because I know how the conversation is going to go. My mother's going to be like, $10,000? First of all, how do you even have $10,000? And how would you be so crazy to give this to someone just to talk to them? So yeah, I think I stopped talking to my parents about how much I invest a long time ago. Yeah, that first time I was like, oh, oh, you wouldn't spend that? Okay, well, I already did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But is the person you're asking for advice actually in a position where you want to be in? Mm. It doesn't make sense to ask a corporate person if they would invest X amount to their business. They don't have a business. They maybe don't want to have a business. They have no idea how business investments work. Hmm. Can you maybe find a biz bestie or a little mastermind with like-minded people? And that's what changed my circle. And then everything changed because now I'm only surrounded with crazy ass people that have big goals, that want unconventional things, that that do things differently than most people. And now for me, that's my normal bubble. Now, sometimes I'm house sitting in a normal neighborhood and I'm like, huh? This is interesting. <laughs> like this is so so different. <laughs> like everyone is living in their little house with their little dog and going to work every day. For me, this now seems very exotic <laughs> because I didn't have that in my surroundings for many years. You mentioned house sitting. I know that's something that you mm -hmm. talk about. Like, so I know that's like one of your main ways that you get like housing for free, right? When you travel. Yes. So tell yes. me a little bit more about that. Cause I'm sure there's some people on here that are like, I'm so, just so curious how she actually affords this lifestyle. Yeah. So house sitting is actually not so much a thing I do because I kind of like, because it's free. I like to not live in hotels all the time. <laughs> I live in hotels a lot, but I haven't lived in hotels for the last five years. A bless, a blessing. Yeah. Um, so I love pets. Now, my lifestyle is rather hard to combine with having pets. So I like taking care of other people's pets. So I'm currently house-sitting in Sweden, summer in Sweden. What a dream in itself. So it's actually from someone I connected with on Facebook. Um, so someone who was in my Facebook group and she was like, we're going away. We don't know what to do with our dog. I'm like, well, I do this for people. <laughs> um, but apart from um, knowing people who ask me, I also use a website called trustedhousefitters.com. 
not affiliated with them. It's just a website where people who have pets and go travel look for reasonable people that are not going to destroy their house and that are going to take care of their pets and their plants and their home whilst they're away. And I like that a lot because it brings a little bit of uh, normality into my life for a couple of weeks. So, and I love that you can dive into other people's lives. I love to spend the summer in Sweden and then I'm going to spend the summer in Switzerland and I'm also going to do a house in Botswana next month. I would have never gone to Botswana. I know nothing about Botswana apart from you can go on safaris there, but I I wouldn't have had the opportunity to live in Botswana in a home otherwise. And I'm really, really excited about that. And we've done this for a couple of years and it's amazing. We've been in Canada, we've been in Australia, we've been in the Caribbean. And yes, that's all for free. So it's an exchange, like you don't pay rent. Mm -hmm. And they don't need to put their dog into a boarding kennel or something like that. So it's like a free exchange of services to each other. And tell me more about your husband. Like, obviously, I, my husband's pretty much like stay at home dad. He's able to kind of do what what he what he wants, like luckily. Right. So you've been able to hire your husband technically hire. But like, what else does he do? Like, tell me about how that all works out for you. guys. This is super interesting. Yeah. Especially as like six months in my business, I was like, I'm going to quit my job and travel the world. Do you want to come with me? Yes. Yeah. Uh, because I had my business and the whole ambition was like, I'm going to run my business whilst traveling the work. He didn't have a business. He doesn't want a business. He quit his job and was like, I'm coming, but I'll use my savings. <laughs> so we did that for a while. Then in Vietnam, he decided he wants to start teaching English. I was like, okay, that's a cool idea. Uh, he didn't like it. And you got like paid $5 per hour. And he was like, it was like, I was like, $5 per hour. I can pay you $5 per hour. <laughs> So he started doing small tasks for me. He started doing my bookkeeping and then he started doing my emails and then he started doing all the tech stuff that I don't want to do and there's something on the website and stuff like that. And at some point it was like, okay, either he, 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 he spent his savings. Yeah. So it was like, either we need to go back to Australia so he can get a job again. Uh, and then unfortunately we were in Vietnam for COVID and that was somehow not an option anymore. <laughs> and we were like, okay, now we need to make this work. So I hired him full-time in my business and he took a couple of positions from other people. So I let a couple of other people uh, go to hire my husband in these positions. He grew into those positions and it's been, mm, mm, you can do a whole podcast about hiring your husband in your business. <laughs> um, it's difficult. Like it's amazing because you can then travel forever together and you can, you know, he doesn't have to do a job that he doesn't like. But it's also difficult to hire your husband. <laughs> I also th I also think it's difficult to have your wife as your boss. Let me say it like this. <laughs> yes. I. It's so funny that you say this because it's like sometimes it's like, oh, it's just so great that you and your husband get to work together all the time and he gets to do all these things for you. And you're just like, well, that it's not always so great because <laughs> I'm his boss. <laughs> so, yeah, there comes a certain... Um, I don't even know. I was also struggling to find good role models for that, honestly, in the online world. I, I saw a couple of people retiring their husband because, yes, if you have the financial means, then your husband doesn't have to go to a job that he doesn't like anymore, which is great. But then I also noticed husbands don't just want to do nothing. I feel like everyone you know, wants to have a purpose in some form. 
once you retire your husband, what's he going to do? Like sit at home and do the laundry? Is that really what he wants to do with his life? So, so those are questions you have to figure out as a couple. Yeah, it's just a, yeah, you're right. It's just a conversation that like, what do you actually want to do if I did retire you? Like, I likely isn't. I know for a fact my husband goes golfing almost every day. He does YouTube stuff. Like, he's not just doing. He's not just a stay-at-home dad. He also helps me a ton too with my podcast and my website. Like just kind of like, you know, how your husband does that sort of stuff too. I don't pay him. He's not on my payroll. I probably should pay him a lot more. I I should. I probably he's probably like listening, being like, Yeah, you probably you know, should interesting throw me about like <laughs> those are super interesting advanced questions where it's really hard to find a resource though. I found like there's no blog posts or YouTube videos. Like I had to hire a coach and say, Hey. You and your husband, how do you do this? Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. talk to me. I don't know what's going on and how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, those are those are um, topics that are not very publicly talked about. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I love that. Oh, Susie. So what are some of your last words of wisdom that you'd want to leave the audience today? Mm, final words. Choose something wise and life changing. <laughs> And I was like, wow, this is like a really loaded question too. Like, ah, uh, what do I want to say? (laughs) I've been there. I've been at the beginning where it's like, okay, I I, want to do this, but I don't know if this is ever going to really take off or if it's really going to be successful. And I overthought this a lot. And in the end, now looking back, it was the moment where I stopped caring so much about what other people think. It was the moment where I stopped caring so much on how you should do things in your business, like which funnels and which email setup and blah, 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 blah. And I really just focused more on what excites me, what do I want to do, what do I want to charge, and didn't worry so much about if others approve of that being the right thing to do. And I know it's hard at the beginning because we're like left and right being like, should I do it like this? Should I do it like this? What do you think? What do you think? What does everybody think? But the real question is, what do you think? <laughs> I always ask my, ask my clients that. It's like, oh, how do you feel about this though? Like I'll, yep. I can give you a strategy all day long and I can tell you what to do. But like, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. <laughs> There's other ways that we can come up with together. So yeah, how do you feel or how does that sound? How does, you know, how does that sit with you? I ask that stuff all the time because I think that's so important. It is. You don't want to just tell your clients what they should be doing because first of all, they're not going to do it if it's really out of alignment for them. They're going to be like, oh, I don't like it. And second of all, it's not going to be successful. I've never seen it because when you do something where you really force yourself to do it, there's someone else out there on this planet that finds this really easy mm-hmm. and it's going to be so hard to compete with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell people, I'd love for you to dive into how can people work with you? Like what's, what's your offer? What are you all about? My brand is called Dream Life Deluxe because when I was born in Germany, I was blessed with a last name that was really hard to spell internationally. Now I'm married and my name is Susie Martin, which makes it much easier to find me on Facebook, to find me on Instagram. <laughs> but the website is dreamlifedeluxe.com. To find your dream life deluxe. And I don't know, it's a cute brand name that I chose. 
six years ago when I had a dream life already it was not very deluxe (laughs) (laughs) I love it so I've built on the deluxe part since then and yeah I I focus a lot on -on one-on-one because I love it I have a ton of courses and value on how to be visible how to dare to be seen um, and how to think like a six-figure business owner but yeah my my core thing is the most life-changing work is talking to someone is one-on-one coaching so I like to have the knowledge piece in courses and then the implementation piece and the working through the struggles of, I know I should be doing this and just be fully myself, but this and this comes up. Now, what do we do? That's the part I love to do in coaching. Awesome. And where do you hang out the most on social media? Mm, Facebook, Instagram. Threads. We didn't talk about threads. Oh yeah. What do you think? But then, if you listen to this podcast (laughs) one year from now, do you even still remember what we're talking about? Like, is it still going to be around? It's so new. I just did a podcast episode on that, and I was like, it's still so so new right now. We'll see what happens. Like, there's still no ads. No one's really selling on it yet. Like, I don't. Are you on there? Are you like? Have you been? I'm on there. Okay. I like the vibe that it's a little bit more of just be yourself. I feel like people find it a little bit easier there to just say what they say and to not overthink and to not put a pretty Canva graphic with everything you actually want to share. And I think that's a great thing for people to just tap more into don't overthink, just post, just connect with people, just have conversations and don't overthink so much how to curate your appearance on social media. Mm-hmm. I think if it stays or not, I think that's a valuable takeaway. Yeah. Why do you think? Why would you think it wouldn't stay? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I don't know. I feel like I used it very excited at the beginning, and now I already noticed that I'm not checking it that often anymore. <laughs> and I feel like there was Clubhouse once. I don't know if anyone remembers that. Oh, Clubhouse! <laughs> I know that came it was and went. A big so thing that everybody needed to be on, and now it's like Clubhouse. I don't even have the app anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think it looks promising. I'm not on Twitter, but I'm on Threads. So I think it could definitely replace that. Mm. But yeah, we'll see. Who knows? Yeah. Well, thank you, Susie, so much. It's been so great to connect with you. And yeah, if anybody is looking to hire a coach and you vibed with Susie, please go check out her Instagram. Go check out her threads. Go check out her Facebook group. She has so much wisdom to share. I love reading her posts and I love seeing where she's at too. That's always so fun to be like, where where are you at this week or this month? And you you have like, you have cool retreats and these VIP days that are like just so cool. And I will, Susie, I will meet you in person one day at one of your retreats. I promise you, like they're always in such cool places. And I just got, one day I just got to take the plunge and go, okay, I'll see you in switzerland <laughs> yeah i love in-person yeah. stuff and you know my, my schedule is sometimes a bit wild because i don't know where i'm gonna be in three months i have no <laughs> clue but if people are a bit flexible i yeah. sometimes arrange something spontaneously wherever yeah. i go <laughs> i love that well thank you so much for coming on and i can't wait for people to listen to this episode and yay, thank you so so much bye thank you for listening to the ambitious coach podcast today a couple favors before you go If you found this episode helpful, please take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. Most importantly, don't forget to tag me at Allison Henderson underscore coach. That's A-L-L-I-S-O-N Henderson underscore coach. And lastly, please take a minute to rate this episode and leave a raving review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to listen.
Okay, ambition is great, but it's time to get to work. Take action and commit to being 1% better every day. Once again, thank you for tuning in and I will see you again next week. 